You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, back for another edition of of Blue Jays Fan Friday here on Locked On Blue Jays. I am not sure if I'm so tired from staying up to watch the entirety of the Blue Jays Angels series opener last night that I am just feeling more awake, or it's the excitement of being able to have another Fan Friday installment for you all that's giving me this little boost of energy, but I'm sure at the end of it I will be crawling back towards the fridge where I'm just remembering there is absolutely nothing caffeinated in there. So, (laughs) whatever. I I will get through it because I am here to deliver the Blue Jays talk to you, the fans on your special day. We're, We're going to get to the main focus of our Fan Friday this week in the latter half, but let's start with the big takeaways from last night's series opener against the Angels, and we'll start with the news that Aaron Sanchez is dealing with more finger problems. Yep. He lasted an inning last night in his start against Los Angeles of Anaheim. He did not throw a curveball in 24 pitches. He gave up two runs and generally looked bad. Now, everyone was worried, like, oh, no, is this another blister thing? I joked on Twitter that, well, Marcus Stroman was coming back, so it was inevitable that Aaron Sanchez had to go on the DL because that's the Faustian pact that Toronto has made with keeping their two young stud starting pitchers. But after the game, it was revealed that it was a jammed finger that was just kind of hurting the entire time. So they're not expecting him to miss a start with this issue, which is good news. At least it's not another blister, because if it was another blister, there would be so many riots about about trading Sanchez and he's not the future and all all that. And, And we don't need a 2017 redux when it comes to Aaron Sanchez's finger. And... That led to the pitching issues that defined that game for the Blue Jays last night. But I I don't want to talk about those yet. I want to start with the good that came out of that game from a Blue Jays perspective last night. And let's actually start with the bats first. Because some of the more maligned bats in this Blue Jays lineup continued to produce last night. And let's... Let's actually start with Kendris Morales, the former Angel. He went yard in last night's game, almost had two home runs. He was just shy of one in the second inning. They eventually came around to score on a long double. But it was another good night for Kendris, went two for three with a walk. So his average is up to 239. He's he's driven that average up pretty hard in June, which is good to see. Another guy 
Randall Grichuk had a one for four night, but that one was a home run to the opposite field. Again, good to see for Grichuk. He's got that two at the front of his batting average, which is a plus to see. And Lourdes Gurriel getting his first start since being recalled from Buffalo. Two for four. He went yard. These were good things for the Blue Jays last night. And I'm I'm happy to see that. It was disappointing to see T. Oscar go 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. But that is T. Oscar. So I you take what you get with him. It was disappointing to see Kevin Bellar go 0 for 4 in what is essentially a hometown game for him, as well as Aaron Sanchez. But I again it's what we expect out of Kevin Pilar now. So the Blue Jays will do without what they will. But I I I did want to get that off. That Kendris had a really good night. Randall had, a, had another home run, and Lourdes looked good in his start. So that there are some positives there for the Blue Jays. But again, watching Aaron Sanchez go off with his finger really kind of wrecked the mood. And then the bullpen did not look great in its time on the field. Uh, John Axford was called upon to pitch two innings with not much of a long man back there, and he served up a pair of bombs, a pair of two-run bombs, one to Luis Valbuena, the other to Cole Calhoun. Valbuena had two home runs in the game, which when the guy who was with the Blue Jays briefly in 2011, I guess, is torching you for home runs. It's a bad night. When when the guy who's batting 158 takes you deep, you're having a bad night. So it 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 was just disappointing to see that for Axford. He actually threw the most pitches of any Blue Jays pitcher last night, which is just never a good sign when you're getting Axford to do that. So I can't really blame him for what happened, but he, he kind of took it on the chin. And then Danny Barnes, I'm, I am very disappointed. Another three-walk outing, ended up giving up a run, got saved from further damage by Preston Gilmet, which <laughs> that is not a phrase I thought I'd say. Gilmet pitched an inning in a third, gave up a run, but his ERA is finally below 10 on the season. So... That's that's a something for President Gilmet. He's not carrying a four-digit ERA anymore and wrecking tables across the land. So congratulations on that, Preston. You, you finally got there just in time to probably be DFA'd again with the activations of Gavilio and Stroman and Steve Pierce. So at, le- at least you can take that with you. But the, the final real positive out of that game for the Blue Jays fans was the emergence of a new folk hero in Angels starter John Lamb. We would have seen him on Friday, but he got bumped up because Tyler Skaggs was a late scratch. And, and honestly, I, I want to mention that as well, because if Aaron Sanchez was dealing with that finger heading into last night's game, he should have been a late scratch as well. The Blue Jays had an off day on Monday. It wouldn't have been too much to bump Marco Estrada ahead, potentially activating Stroman or Gavilio for Friday and, and just kind of resetting like that, maybe pushing Sanchez back a little bit so he didn't go out there and look so bad in such a short outing. 
but I'm I'm not Blue Jays management. I just have crazy ideas on maybe making the Blue Jays more competitive in games, but but that may not be the point for the rest of the year. Just just something I mentioned. But anyway, I'm taking away from the star of this point, which is John Lamb. John Lamb going out there with one of the most glorious heads of hair that you will see this side of a hockey arena. It it was it was part mullet, part flow, part all all kind of goodness. And it it led to so many comparisons on Twitter. I I can't really do justice to them all. I I saw the the main picture that was being used for John Lamb and I thought he looked like Tom Hanks in a bad wig in a surfer movie before later revising that to give the hair the full credit it deserved, which was looking like someone stuck Tom Hanks and Nicole Kidman in one in one of those what will your baby look like photo manipulators that were all the rage in what, two thousand one? something like that so that that was my big contribution phil kapang thought that he looked like mickey rourke in the wrestler which i i can see that and you know it's it's a possible possible avenue to go with him i i did see that a lot on twitter as, as a comparison for john Lamb. i saw like uh Wade Black, who was on the podcast this week, said he looked like the combination of Matt Latos and Joe Dirt, which that also makes sense. But he he was just captivating for a Blue Jays fan base that hasn't had a lot to be captivated by in the last two months. It, it, he will be missed. It, we only got him for three and a third innings, and it was sad that our time with John Lamb was so brief, but he will live on in our hearts forever. So let's talk about the main story that emerged from a fan perspective with the Blue Jays at a last night's game right after this. Okay, so I didn't mention the pitchers last night that were spotless. For the Blue Jays. One was Sung Hwan Oh, who struck out Mike Trout in his inning, which is always impressive when you can do that to Mike Trout, the guy who gets on base like 90% of the time. So very happy about that performance by O. Oh. But the other big story was Joe Biagini coming into that game in the second inning to replace Sanchez. And... As we've discussed on this podcast, Joe Biagini has not been good. He, he's been terrible, and I, I've, I've struggled to make heads or tails of it. A lot of people struggle to make heads or tails of it. And admittedly, Pat Tabler came up with the notion that when Joe Biagini was sent down to Buffalo to be a starter... The Blue Jays asked him to add a windup to what he was doing instead of pitching out of the stretch like he did in 2016, which is incredibly stupid. If that, if Pat Tabler is correct, and and friend of the show, Cinemartyr Matt Parkinson on Twitter said, "I the fact that I put the phrase if Pat Tabler is correct in in what I said last night 
if I put that in, that should be all I need to know. But if this is the case, and the Blue Jays went to Joe Biagini and said, you need to have a wind-up, that is incredibly backward-thinking philosophy by this Blue Jays organization. There are There are literally streams of articles coming out from places like the Wall Street Journal and the Minneapolis Star Tribune and Fangraph detailing how pitchers are ditching the windup. Steven Strasburg doesn't have a windup anymore. You Darvish doesn't use a windup anymore. Like like pitchers don't need that herky-jerky windup anymore because they prefer to keep their mechanics intact. And if the Blue Jays were doing something so fundamentally flawed as telling Joe Biagini to ditch the mechanics that worked in 2016 just to add a add a windup for the sake of being a starter with a windup that is incredibly stupid and it's probably the reason why he's been so off for the past 18 months he's he had to make that fundamental change and then basically undo it it's like saying i have to drive with one eye shut while blasting enya into my ear and then taking it away 18 months later later and say okay now drive like you normally did like well now i can't because i have that stupid elevator music in my head and my right eye is useless i i was baffled i was baffled by that revelation if again if pat tabler is correct that is the disclaimer to that but if it's true it's incredibly stupid what the blue jays did and they've wrecked him to the point where fans do not want to see him krista king at KJAK16, when I said in in the Aaron Sanchez tweet that Joe Biagini was coming in, she posted a gift of crying. That that is the reaction Joe Biagini gets. And and like there's there's no offer of relief from Joe Biagini's perspective, but Biagini went out there and pitched two shutout innings. He looked very good pitching two shutout innings. He had a little bit of trouble in the second. He had two runners on. But again, Mike Trout grounded out. Inning over. No, nothing. No harm, no foul for Joe Biagini. They, they, the strikeout he, he got Kinsler on might have actually been more impressive because that, that was an instance where you couldn't allow any kind of contact to get the runners into scoring position with trout coming up and kinsler just got dominated in that bat by biagini so that was good and then you know the one two three third brilliant i i would have argued for joe biagini staying in a little longer given that again aaron sanchez only pitched one inning but i i have the suspicion that john gibbons really wants to build up Biagini's confidence and leaving him out there for a third inning might have resulted in a run in a close game. So I understand that putting John Axford in for two innings doesn't make much sense to me either. But again, I'm not the one pulling the strings. And I want to relay a conversation that I had with a new follower of the podcast, Nick Monaco at nmonaco1981. Guy out of Calgary, we had a good conversation last night after I said, let's let's appreciate what Joe Biagini did with his two clean innings. And and maybe it's a it's a sign that he's he's figured things out. For Nick, Nick Nick see, sees it as having his role being a hundred percent defined, he's a bullpen guy now. 
and have, having the confidence as we talked about. It, it might be building him up to the point where he can take over in that seventh inning again and be that, that late inning guy who was so good in 2016. And and for Nick and fans like Nick, they like Joe Biagini. They Joe Biagini was a folk hero in that 2016 run. A guy who came from Norwich. Or... <sighs> A guy who came from a team known as the Flying Squirrels and was a key contributor to a surprise Blue Jays bullpen down the stretch. People like him in the same vein that they like John McDonald or Munanori Kawasaki or Yanheri Solarte. Solarte, obviously the best of that list of names. But the sentiment is still there. I mean, this is a guy who went on went from being a a nobody, an afterthought in the Giants organization to high-fiving Jimmy Fallon on TV. But he had to start showing something. And Nick uh, agreed that you, you couldn't keep him on forever. He needed to have a good performance like that. Otherwise, he was going to be the one sent down when Sam Gavidio came back. He was, going, he was not going to be with this club. At... <sighs> The expense of Preston Gilmet, I guess, but again, I'm not seeing enough from Preston Gilmet to convince me he deserves to stay at a major league level, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Joe Biagini needs to build up his confidence like that. Again, it's it's why I, I'm fine with Gibbons' decision to pull him after two innings. But for fans like Nick, who who need need something to kind of hold on to in his Blue Jays organization with with a guy like Biagini, who's that who's a happy-go-lucky, undefinable kind of guy. See, seeing him go out there and have that successful and it gives gives you hope that maybe not everything is doom and gloom. That may maybe there there are some things that can turn a corner. And maybe Joe Biagini is a part of the successful Blue Jays teams that everyone is expecting and that, you know, there will still be that link to from one glory era to another. And I, I think that's, that's admirable. It's, it's part of one of the things that makes this fan base, what it is, makes it so good to identify those kind of folk heroes and adopt them as their own. And I, I hope it continues. And, and one one other thing that came from my conversation with Nick was that either of us could probably have a 10.8 ERA in the major leagues, a la Preston Gilmet heading into that game, which I I I put more money on Nick than me. I've got like a I've got like a 55 mile an hour knuckle curve that may work. Like I'm not I'm not coming out like Kendris Morales throwing those 91 mile an hour heaters. Or, or dropping that ha- hammer curve. I got that knuckle curve that that I just got to try and mess with people's timing. That's the only way I can succeed on the mound. But I would I do succeed here on Locked On Blue Jays, and I thank you all for helping me with the success you have given me in my time since taking over from the great Sean Doyle. Thank you for contributing to another successful Fan Friday. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Krista. Thank you, Phil. Uh, if thank you, Matt, I, sh- I should not forget you just because, you know, 
you are you are the oldest one. Thank you, Wade, for all your contributions. If you want to follow me on Twitter and get in on this action, this Fan Friday action next week, follow me at NeoAC18. That's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. And follow the podcast at Locked on Jays. It's, it's going to be more active in the coming days. So it'll, it'll be worth a follow as well. And yeah, I will, I will continue killing my sleep cycle to stay up and watch these Angels and Blue Jays games. So you don't have to. And you, you can discern all the relevant Blue Jays memes the day after. So I, I will continue to do that for you the fans because you make this what it is so once again for everyone here at locked on blue jays i'm ryan andrews thank you so much for listening to today's episode and y'all take care